Amazing news this morning. Five-year-old Scotty Myers was Meyer was found outside his home, safe and sound, in Wisconsin. So more reason to celebrate on this Fourth of July. And I want to tell everybody the Fourth of July fireworks activities, etc. WCCO.com/July Fourth. You can find out where to go, what to do, when it's happening. So get out there and celebrate. And I'm happy that people are texting in. They're saying, hey, Jordana, we fly a flag outside our home 365 days a year, not just today. More reason to celebrate today. But, yes, I agree with that, and thank you so much for sharing. All right, we're going to talk about some news today. Not such great news for Minnesota because the unemployment rate. Yeah, we're back here. The unemployment rate. I know nobody's working today because it's a holiday, but unfortunately for those who aren't working every day, the unemployment rate among blacks was at 17.7% in 2011. Now that's more than three times the jobless rate of whites in our state. It's a big problem. It's a big disparity. We are going to find out why. Joining us now is Spiwi Pierce. She's the Associate General Counsel responsible for litigation and employment matters at a medical device company headquartered in St. Paul. She's also a member of the Minnesota Association of Black Lawyers. She was selected as a leading executive from the National Executive Forum. So Spiwi is an expert on employment matters and and unemployment in minorities. And I want to ask you this morning, Spiwi, first of all, tell me about your name. Is it a nickname? Is it a first name? Is it your given name? Welcome, Spiwi. Thank you. It's actually pronounced Speedway, kind of Speedway. Like Speedway without the D. Got it. And it is my given name. It is a Zulu name because I'm from Zimbabwe and I'm Zulu on my father's side. And it means we've been given a gift. Apparently Speedway. it was a bit of a surprise, so... My mom you were surprised. surprised, and my dad said, oh, a gift. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And I know that many, many folks aren't working today. We here at CCO are, but this is a major problem in the black community in our state. Why is Minnesota so behind? We are the top-ranking state for unemployment among blacks. Why is that happening? Well, you know, Jordana, you know, first I have to say I love my state, but frankly, these numbers are abysmal, and Mm -hmm. we should be ashamed. Mm -hmm. There are various theories floating around for why this disparity exists. So some people think there's a lack of job skills and training. Uh, I have read literature that actually suggests that the disparity exists because of hiring restrictions Mm -hmm. for individuals with criminal records, which then has a disparate impact on blacks and people of color generally. And when you look at the statistics, this reason seems to get more to the heart of the issue because Minnesota is also pretty bad when it comes to the number of arrests and the, the number of charges that we impose on particularly focusing on minorities, blacks, people of color. And so I think there is a correlation between those two things, and we can talk more about the numbers, but I think that's When you say pretty problem. bad, you mean that we are, we are um, more charges are pending and more charges are filed against minorities? Is that when you, when you use the word bad, is that what you mean? Well, certainly. So listen to this. I was talking with uh, former Judge Pam Alexander yesterday. She is the president of the Minnesota Council on Crime and Justice. Mm-hmm. The council does a lot of research on criminal and social justice issues, and listen to these numbers. Um, not only 
is it true that they found that the U.S. is the highest incarceration in the world? Mm-hmm. But in the past 40 years, the number of people in the U.S. criminal justice system has quadrupled. Of that number, there is a staggering difference between the races. So you've got 2,500 blacks being incarcerated for every 393 whites per 1,000 inmates in 2004. So what that means is 84 per, 84.5% of inmates are black, which is really strange when the U.S. Census Bureau estimates that the entire black population is only 131 percent of the entire population as of 2011. So there is a huge disparity between the arrest rates and so what happens, and in Minnesota in particular, you can be charged and never prosecuted for a crime. They call it tab charges, particularly for um, misdemeanors. Mm -hmm. And so imagine what happens if you get charged for, you know, something that you did not do and you're exonerated, but that arrest stays on your record, and then you go and try and get a job. So it's not just jobs. You can't get a job. You Mm -hmm. can't get housing. You can't do any of that. So you're saying if you're arrested for a crime and not even found guilty of it, that goes on your record, and that's prohibitive when you're going to get a job. Absolutely it is. And there are organizations that have tried to get legislature passed to expunge those records. The council, MABEL, the Minnesota Association of Black Lawyers, partnered with the Council on Crime and Justice a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And we got it up to the legislature and uh, they shot it down. Here's just a question for you. Tom Gillespie, who's a retired state demographer, says that education, education and age are driving factors in one of the reasons that we have the highest jobless rate for blacks. He says the majority of the white population is older and the black population obviously younger, migrating from other cities and countries. And he says the black population has less education because 80% of whites have a high school diploma, high school diploma, excuse me, half of blacks graduate from high school. What role does education and finishing education play here? Well, I think that's also a contributing factor because, as I said earlier, you know, there's a theory that there's a lack of job skills and training, and Mm -hmm. part of that goes to the heart of what is the level of education because what you know, and, you know, we've seen the reports in the media that suggest that certainly there's also a disparity in the quality and access to education between Uh, blacks and minorities and the white population. So I don't think it's any one thing that you can point to and say it must be this one thing, but I think what what it does is these numbers paint an overall picture that suggests that there are certain disparities and there are underlying factors within our society that need to be addressed. And then we'll see an improvement in these kinds of figures that we're seeing today. So more education, less are you calling them false arrests with the charges is that what you're saying they're not all well they're not all false arrests mm-hmm. right sometimes they can also be conviction but get this even in the case of convictions the EEOC has come out and said that as a matter of practice employers should not have a blanket policy of simply denying employment because um a job applicant has a criminal record, even if it's a conviction, because the EEOC has found that this kind of practice has a racially disparate impact. So if you're an employer and you're looking for, you know, candidates and Mm -hmm. what you see is somebody has, even if it's a conviction, the EEOC says there is a process that you have to go through to decide whether or not this applicant might still be a good candidate. So it's not just, 
you know, it's not just false arrests, but sure. even in the case of convictions, there are things that we as employers, and I'm speaking, you know, with my employer hat mm-hmm. on, there are things that we as employers are responsible to do to make sure that somebody still gets an opportunity to get a job if they're suitable for it. But, Speedway, I'm sure you would agree that in the current job market, if you have a candidate who's got a conviction for anything, assault, shooting, anything, and you have a candidate that's equally as qualified, maybe if you don't know the races, that doesn't have any convictions and has a clean record, of course, I'm assuming you would always opt for the person who has a clean record. All things being equal, that may be true. But, you know, part of the challenge is that what employers will often do is the minute they see that somebody has a record, there isn't even a question of, is this person still qualified for the job? It's like, oh, well, we're just not going to hire him. And, you know, sometimes employers say, well, you know, we know we're not supposed to do that, but, you know, and, 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 yeah, he or she should work somewhere, but just not here. And the EEOC says, you know, you still have to go through a three-part test to see if this person is a good fit for the job. So you've got to look at the nature and the gravity of the offense, right? So obviously, if you've got somebody who was convicted for killing somebody, mm-hmm. you might look at that and go, oh, goodness, no, we're not going to hire that person. And you're well within your right to do that. But you also have to look at how long it was since the conviction and what is the job they're seeking. So if you've got somebody who was, say, convicted for passing a bad check 10 years ago, mm-hmm. then and they're applying to come in and be, you know, a janitor, Mm-hmm. or they're coming in for something completely unrelated to finance, they might be a good fit for that job. Sure, sure. Are there any um, benefits for employers in Minnesota to seek out minority employment? Well, at the end of the day, one of the things that you know most employers are conscious of is the need to diversify mm-hmm. their employee base. Because we are seeing in, Minnesota is not an an exception, we're seeing increasingly diverse customer populations. And what you always want to do is you want to make sure that your employee population reflects the environment around you. And so certainly there is a benefit, but also, you know, when you know that there are facts and circumstances out in our environment that creates a disadvantage for Mm -hmm. minorities, I think what it means for employers is we have an added responsibility to try and equalize that. Mm -hmm. What about starting them young, Speedway? What about those two kids who have now been arrested for shooting and killing another little boy? And what if that 15-year-old and that 17-year-old was working at McDonald's that day? Wouldn't that help it? They didn't have a record before what they were arrested for this horrifying shooting in North Minneapolis. And what about starting these kids young? What about getting them jobs in high school or in junior high? I mean, I bet when you were 15, you had a job. I sure did. I bet you did. I did. I was working at the pharmacy for five bucks an hour. You know, seriously, what about that? I mean, if you start young and you have employment, it not only gives you experience and history, it might keep you out of trouble. I think you're absolutely right about that because, you know, the the more you put kids in constructive environments, the less they're going to have time and the less they're going to want to run out there and, you know, carouse the streets and get into mm-hmm. trouble because a lot of times what happens, and I practiced criminal law for five years. First five years of my career I did criminal law and, and, and I worked with a lot of kids. 
And part of the challenge with kids was that they didn't have access because the educational um, environment that they had was not the best. It also meant, and sometimes because they were in working poor families that didn't have mm -hmm. the luxury of, you know, mom or dad being there the whole time when the kids were home, they therefore didn't get to go off and be told, you know, you need to go get a job at 15 and 16. That was not an expectation that they had in their minds that this is how my life is going to go. Okay. But I think you're absolutely right that when you look at kids who do have constructive things to do, mm -hmm. they're much, much less likely to get into trouble. All right, Speedway, you and me, we're getting out there. We're getting these 15-year-old kids jobs. We're getting them off the streets. We're getting them job training early on so we can get those numbers of uh, the disparity a little bit less. Everybody's, everybody's going to work, right? Well, we wish. I like that. Everybody's going to work. Honestly, Speedway Fierce, thank you so much for joining us and for your expertise, um, and we really appreciate your time this morning. Happy 4th. Happy 4th to you, and what I would suggest to all of your listeners is, you know, get out there and educate yourself. And um, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I have a blog. It's called The Speedway Show. Great. And it's speedway.com, and I posted a whole lot of resources and statistics and information out there. So let's all get educated and spread the word. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you, Jordana. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully.